0: quick disclaimer before today's episode. Information contained in this podcast is in general nature for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal advice. Legal advice should be obtained from an attorney before action is taken based upon this information. Listening to this podcast in no way creates an attorney-client relationship. On with the show.
1: You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag
2: DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago.
1: Mikkel Morrison in Seattle.
2: Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right, back together again for a new episode. This is going to be a good one. Um, we get so many yeah, questions all the time thing. about all things legal, and it's going to be good to, to finally get some of these questions answered. So before we get to that, uh, what are you guys up to? Anything good? Wes,
1: you should Just- be bragging about what you've been up to.
2: Oh, my, my Mexico trip? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. Went to Puerto Vallarta. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be a relaxing vacation. It turned into spring break, and I, I'm not, I don't really want to talk about it on the podcast, but what happens in PD okay, yeah. stays in PD, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it's you like, gonna have at, to. he's going to leave it at that. It looked amazing. <laughs> puked looked on looked a pier, amazing. but no one saw, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Well, well, at least but you I got away. We I and saw whales right before that. So what? Not all lost. Yeah. Saw humpback whales. You seriously? Damn, man. It was pretty yeah, crazy the place you're to be. To see the
1: little guys, not the big ass ones. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, we I mean, they didn't breach all the way, but we saw like the top, just the topmost part of them. They would come up wow. all the time and it was pretty cool. I mean, I've never seen that before, so that was awesome. Mm. Cool, man first time yeah. for everything there. That's cool. Exactly. That's that's the story
0: you'll tell. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's legit. <laughs> I don't Safe. know why I led with the puking, but uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm getting too old for that shit. <laughs> oh, well good for you, man. Yeah, thanks. That's Anything killer. good for you guys? Everything's good, man. Off to Vegas this weekend for a quick turnaround, but uh all good and um school's keeping up really good. Took my students on a really cool tour. I took them of, um, to Oprah Winfrey's st- studio and creative department. That was pretty killer. Oh, oh that's cool. So, yeah, and they got to. Meet, oh, did like, you?
2: Did you meet Jamie Nichols, who works? He's, he's a designer there. Yeah, yeah. He's one of my friends. Yeah. No
0: way. You're really? kidding me.
2: Yeah, oh, that's yeah. awesome. He was
0: one of the three people in the art department uh, that took us on the tour.
2: Okay, cool. When I was Very first putting cool. the show together, I think I asked him if he was interested in uh, being on the show.
0: Oh my oh, god! Really? In a small world. No, they yeah. got it. They got it made there, man. That the best headquarters I have ever seen. I bet. On I a bet creative, it's ridiculous. On a creative level. Like I don't. You, I don't know that I want
1: to know. I bet. Can't it's even stupid. explain it. Can't even explain
0: yeah. it. I'm like <laughs> went back. Went back to my little office. I'm like, okay, I think I need to get a new couch, uh, a yeah. new video wall with my picture right. on it. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, she she kills. All right, so before we get to our guest, I want to talk a little bit about FreshBooks. We love FreshBooks so much. Um, they are definitely the best part of my week and that includes Puerto Vallarta. So um, <laughs> they, they, def- they make it so easy just to make really easy uh, branded invoices so you don't have to do the hard work of you know going and looking for these templates that you find on you know Google Docs and stuff. That's what I used to do. That's not the way to do it. That sucks. It looks terrible. It makes you look like an amateur, so don't do that. Make it easy on yourself. Go with FreshBooks, baby. Um, (laughs) You can can create and send really professional-looking invoices in under 30 seconds. Trust me. I've timed it. And with literally two (laughs) clicks, you can set yourself up with FreshBooks online payments and get paid way sooner. In fact, with FreshBooks payments, over 60% of invoices are paid within one day. That's 24 hours. You can't beat that. So get on FreshBooks because they've got the best support. Late payment reminders, which is one of the cool things too, so you don't have to look like the bad guy in front of your clients. So to claim your 30-day unrestricted free trial, just go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. All right, so we've got a long overdue
0: episode, I would say, wouldn't you say? Yeah, this, <laughs> this, absolutely. Uh, this was yeah, uh,
1: totally. Thankfully,
0: we 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 are finally here talking the legal side of our creative businesses. And first, want to just kind of shout out to our listener uh, Israel Molina, who sent me a great email and said, "Hey, I came across someone that maybe you should meet and talk to." We did. We brought her on board. She's here to talk everything about legal. Welcome, Angie avard turner thank you welcome angie thank you, thank
3: you for having me
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the listeners are going finally Yay! we got someone someone Aww. reputable Aww. someone we trust
2: <laughs> yeah that's awesome we've been getting these kind of questions for so long and we're we always try we always shy away from it we're like I we don't really like, know how to answer this we're, so we're like
0: call an attorney maybe uh, i don't even know but,
3: <laughs> but not just any attorney <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: but someone that is specializing in this world, and we're so glad to have you here. If you want to just give a maybe a brief little intro to our listeners, uh, you know, who you are and what you're doing now, that we want to bring you on board for this.
3: Sure. Uh, I'm Angie Avar-Turner, and uh, I'm an attorney for creatives. So I uh, represent designers, artists, um, uh, retailers, wholesalers, bloggers. If you're creative, then you're probably in my client list um a a little um a little side note about me um I'm also I'm an attorney but I'm also a creative myself so I graduated from law school in 2000 and I didn't start practicing right away I did what most other attorneys do um I decided to start my own business so <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to practice law. So um, <laughs> so anyway, I started my own business and grew it for 10 years, um, grew it to a seven-figure business. And so um, that's sort of my secret sauce is that not only do I know the law, but I also know sort of the day-to-day trials and tribulations that creatives walk through. And um, so when yeah. I say I know how you feel, I pretty much do know how you feel. You, you, you've lived it. Yeah, you've walked the law. <laughs> That's right. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Well, we're going to jump right into this. We've got a lot of good things to cover, including some great listener questions that we uh, got from our listeners. So getting right into setting up your business, what are the things that every creative should really start thinking about before even kind of making it official?
3: So, um, most folks, when they start out, they just are like, okay, I'm creative. And so I just want to start, uh, start creating and get that out into Mm -hmm. the marketplace. Um, uh so most people start out in their sole propi- their sole proprietorship or if they're with somebody else they're they're a um they're a partnership. Um Yeah. So that's that's sort of the default mode that we all start in. Um pr- probably even Amazon started that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> so hmm. um so one of the questions we get is um a lot is uh you know, when do I incorporate? or what is a corporation mm-hmm. and everybody gets sort of freaked out by that word and it's really not that complicated incorporating just means you're creating a a, a separate space for your business to live in it's going to be its own creation its own entity and you're not going to have it live in your house. Maybe physically, mm-hmm. you, physically you might, but at the bank, yeah. at the bank you're not. Legally, you're not. You're going to keep it separate. So um, that's what incorporating means. And there, they're really only, there are more than two reasons, benefits you want to incorporate. But the two main ones are um, to protect yourself from legal liability or to minimize that risk, and then also sure. um, potentially for tax purposes. <laughs> so. <clears throat>
0: So there's a okay. benefit. I think it's like that's a question we always get is the S Corp, the in, all these different things you're going to do. When does it should a should a person at least exercise their their idea and saying, "Hey, let me try this business thing first and then say if it's good and it's solid, go into something like that?"
3: I mean, personally, I think if you if you intend to go into business, you just do it. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah. And you incorporate, yeah. um, especially with LLCs. In most states, it's not that cost prohibitive. I mean, I know in Georgia, okay. the filing fee is $100. So I don't, oh, you know, wow. and that's driven, you know, all of that is state driven. So um, each okay. state may vary slightly. But, but for an LLC, I mean, that makes it extremely flexible. Um, it's a pretty low cost to entry, um, but you get the benefit of that, um, legal, legal protection, as long as you're keeping everything separate. Now, if you start mixing things, that's a different story, but if you're keeping things separate, which, you know, why wouldn't you, um, then, then I think that's a huge benefit. And, and I think it, it's, it's smart to do it at the outset.
0: So one, one listener wrote in and said, when you do something like this, are you, are you now considered an employee of that company, and then how do you pay yourself?
3: Right, so, um, so that kind of hits on the tax um, part of it. So, yeah. so when you are an LLC um, for tax purposes, you are you are by default taxed as a sole proprietorship. Um, so, you know that that's the tax status that you automatically get. You can elect to be taxed as an S corporation. Um, so. There are some pros and cons to doing it both ways. I mean, usually, um, I usually just say, you know, that first year, I mean, the likelihood, I mean, unless you've got venture capital or unless you're like independently wealthy and you've just got a bunch of money out of the gates, um, you know, starting out as being taxed as a sole proprietorship, it doesn't require you to pay yourself. You pay yourself when you can, basically. When you can, right? Yeah. So if you're S corporation, then the requirements are a little different. You have to, you know, show that you can pay yourself on a much more regular basis. So um, um, you're you're considered the you're not the employee. Um, you're still the owner of the of the corporation, and um, so you're you're not. I mean, you still pay taxes on yourself, but not in the same way that you would pay taxes on an employee. Got it. Because yes. you're not going to sue yourself for workers' comp. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I might. you could. <laughs> sure. No, but that's an easier way to understand to break it down. Exactly. Sure. Right. Exactly. A really, really and quick interjection uh, disclaimer, Nick. What disclaimer? That the information contained in this podcast is. Oh, we
0: we we already record. I recorded it separately. <laughs> okay perfect okay perfect yeah we're gonna put at the very beginning i just saw that email Angie's. from angie and i was yeah. like oh yeah. shit no worries. Yeah.
3: we sound we got really a bumper let a little bit <laughs> great yeah
0: so the other thing i think a lot of people wonder about when setting up their business is is the website and disclaimers you would put on your website for privacy for usage <laughs> is that is that uh is there any standards to that when it comes to our intellectual property on our sites
3: Right, so <clears throat> the main the main two uh, documents you should have um, on your website, um, and they're pretty standard, um, are your terms of con- terms and conditions, or sometimes it's called terms of use, uh, mm-hmm. and then also the privacy policy. Um, the privacy policy uh, is required by federal law, so if you don't have it on there, then you're you know in violation of federal law. No biggie. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. (laughs) um, But um, then the terms and conditions, the terms and conditions. um, So wait, let me go back. Okay, so privacy policy, that describes to anybody that comes to your website, whether they're your client or whether they're just scrolling through. Browsing. Right. um, Mm -hmm. It's just describing to whoever those people are, this is the information that I collect, um, Mm -hmm. and this is how I use it. Um, mm-hmm. so you're disclosing all of that to that, whoever that person is, whether they're your client or they're just, they just saw you found your website, Googled it or whatever. And they just are, you know, scrolling through, um, gotcha. the terms and conditions is a little bit more specific to, um, whatever it is that you're doing, um, terms and conditions lay out, um, it can lay out how you work with somebody. There's those types of terms and conditions, but, um, usually terms and conditions on a website tells people what the terms and conditions are of the use of that website.
0: Exactly. That's what I thought. So,
3: yeah. So, like, they can't come to your website and, you know, right-click and copy, you know, your logo or your whatever, your photo or your artwork or whatever, and then drop it into there.
0: Without permission, right? That's exactly. kind of like right, what right. I see should, right, as a good standard. Right, right. Because I think it's more about the protection of the the content on there. Like, you're right. I Sometimes I see people write all rights reserved and their name and a date, is that all you need to do to say that like you're copywriting this or do you, should you have more of an official statement?
3: Right. So, um, you should, you probably should have something in the terms of conditions. I mean, you can never say it, t- uh, you know, too many times. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. because that's typically what people will say like, Oh, well, I didn't know, you know, and, mm-hmm. all right. yeah. like, you yeah. know? and maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't. Yeah. There are those folks. Right. There are those folks. That's true. Um, but That's then, true. But then there are those other folks who are just going to be bad actors. And so then <sighs> you want to have those notices everywhere so that you can say, oh, yeah, you did. It's here, my terms and conditions, yeah. but it's also here, here, and here, Good. too. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay.
2: sure. So I, I know that there's a few websites out there that you can, they can kind of generate privacy policies and terms and conditions for you. Right. Do you recommend those in any cases or are there any that you do recommend or should we just go right to to you to have everyone <laughs> well, of these drafted for us Well you know
3: okay so, so I have my own I do I, I have my law practice but then I also have my own attorney drafted contract template website so um oh, okay. so there's that um,
2: Go ahead and plug that. What is that?
3: Um, it's called preppedforsuccess.com, okay. for p r e p t Nice. Yeah Great. So, Perfect.
2: Check that out if you want to get um, a leg
3: up. So here's the thing about, about any of those types of websites, including my own, although um, the contracts that are on there are contracts that I have, I have drafted myself. Um, but if you're going to download those contracts, um, there's not any platform that's going to say, hey, download those. And then they're always going to say, make sure that you have an attorney, your attorney, check them out. Exactly. So, and and mine says that too. So if you're going to go that route, then you should have your own attorney, check it out, at least review it. Or you can hire me.
2: (laughs) Good.
0: There There you you go. go. Perfect. So there's options.
3: Right. Good.
2: Yeah. So speaking of contracts, you know, we've got, there's so much stuff to cover with contracts. That's kind of the, the bulk of the questions I think we get on the show about, Mm -hmm. and in the legal realm. So, um, can you talk a little bit about what we need to know about contracts as designers?
3: Right. So so contracts is another one of those words. And there's there's tons of legal words that everybody kind of breaks out in cold sweats. You know, incorporation corporations, one of them. Contracts is another one. And really, contracts, all it is, is just your conversation with another person and you're committing it to paper. It's whatever you two have talked about and agreed upon, and now you're just going to write it down so you don't forget you know um but we try to make it really complicated and and really you know tons of legal schmiegel. so um <laughs> yeah um the first thing you want to make sure is is that you're covering you know what the scope of the work is um what to, what the responsibilities are on both sides um and then i mean of course that includes like how long maybe how long you're going to be working on this project or you know if it's this amount of time and then you have to go beyond that, what happens next um, or uh, what the budget is, you know, money's always an issue. So, um, you know, you want to have those things sort of specifically hammered out. Um,
2: yeah. Or scope creep can, can creep in, right?
3: Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. And how so detailed, a- how,
0: how detailed should they get? I'm just curious. Like you, you do you, like suggest really being like, cause I, I've seen young students try to get into this and do it without any guidance. And there's just so like three lines and it's like, you really should be as open as like detailed as possible. Correct.
3: Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I get this a lot. You know, folks are like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to send this contract over. I don't want to come across as like, you know, being too aggressive or being a jerk. I'm like, okay, okay. But you do want to come across as that you're in business, right? You do want to come across as like, you're in this to make a living. Right. Because Good. if you do, then you need to send the contract with all the terms that are applicable, you know. Um, I think I, – I read a contract today, in fact, and um, it had the word reasonable and normal. I mean, those words, I just like <laughs> – ah, like what's reasonable? What's normal, you know? I mean, what I think is sure. reasonable and normal is like, you know, is probably like the most unreasonable and abnormal thing out there, you know. So those are words mm-hmm. that yeah. like you just – just don't want to use because... Don't be a, vague. Be right. real specific. I mean, amb- ambiguity okay. is like litigation. I'll do a
2: reasonable number of revisions for a normal amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> within a normal, right. Within Pure a normal period of, of time. Okay. Right there. Exactly. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> so we had a listener, Claudia, who wants to know, um, you know, how designers can build a solid contract. Are there any tips you can... So, hot takes? so
3: I mean at the at the risk of sounding repetitive, um, you want to sit there and maybe before you even, you know, maybe right after you incorporate, maybe what you want to do is have this list of things like, okay, these are things I, I'm not are non-negotiables. This is what I'm always gonna put in my contracts or this is what I always want in there. You Good know to look at how long mm-hmm. I'm gonna work. When I'm gonna work, um, how much I'm gonna get paid, how that's gonna play out, you know have a list of things you want to put in there, specifics, not just reasonable and normal, you know, and yeah. um, you know there are gonna be times as you do business, you know what you know the first year of business is not the same thing you know the fifth year of business, you know you a lot of water has passed under the bridge, and um you know sometimes it takes that one situation where you're like, oh man." I should have put that in that contract, you know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. we learn by um, trial and error and experience that, oh, I need that term in there. Um, So, um, but, but of course, you know, if you're, if you're being advised by an attorney, hopefully, you know, they can get you hooked up up front. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are there big mistakes that you see people do? I was just going to say almost every
2: job that I, that I finish, it prompts me to put a new clause in the contract, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent, something but like yeah. and like I don't want that happening again. So well, and that mm-hmm. and, and
3: to that point, you know, we think like if we have these contracts that okay, I had it written when I started my business, and therefore it must it's this is it, you know, and it's a living document. Like there is nothing that says that you can't go back and take that thing and okay, that didn't work so well with this client, or maybe mm-hmm. I need to tighten up this wording, you know, mm-hmm. do it that's what protects you. Yeah.
0: Good. Yep. Good. And nice. and you talked you you talked a little bit about this conflict resolution thing. That's a big must that you got to have in there, correct? Yeah,
3: yeah, that's huge. Um, you know, I mean, no one ever wants to be in a conflict, right? But yeah. but, you know, you might as well plan just in case it ever does happen because if it if it does happen and you haven't planned, then you don't really have a great strategy. So, you want to make sure that that, um, you hope for the best and plan for the worst. And, um, doing Mm -hmm. that means having a conflict resolution in that contract so that if you need to get out of it, okay, these are the steps I'm going to take, you know, or if the other side says I need to get out of it or I'm one out of it, you know, these are the steps they're going to take. Um, so you want to have that built into the contract so that, um, you know, you're not trying to work it out on the fly or you're breaking your promise or breaking the contract. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's,
0: that's good on both sides too, right? Because it's like, again, most of this stuff, I remember when we talked about this in the past, we always said, call this an agreement, not a contract, because it really does benefit both sides here. Right, right.
3: right. And you, you know, I mean, there are are times when you might want something more um, aggressively drafted or assertive, you know, more assertive. In, uh, in your drafting um but i always think that you know where you can be mutual in in putting those terms in i think that that shows that you're mm-hmm. extending some goodwill Perfect. and that you're not right. asking yeah. them to do something that you're not willing to do yourself that right. goes a, that goes a long way with folks i think
2: that's good yeah absolutely and what about intellectual properties is that
3: yeah so um, as far as that's his- concerned you just need to make sure I mean I know with you guys you're constantly creating stuff um, and sometimes that may be you know you're creating it for another company or you're creating it for um, you know maybe an individual even um, but you need to make sure that you're really clear on who owns the intellectual property um, does it does it transfer when you when you uh, finish the work um, are you assigning to, assigning it to that um, to that company or to that person. Um, those types of terms need to be really um, specific and clear as well.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And then th- let's say – I know most people would advise to it, it can't be transferred over until full payment. That's always a good maybe pillar to stick to that like – so at least you're covered in that yeah. way that if they're out there using it, you've been paid. So. Right. Like, right. That would be a great threshold to say that I put that as that's what I have in my contract. Right. right. Well, as and, a way of,
3: and yeah. I mean, I mean, payment and then also the transfer of the rights. Like if you you know, if you're doing some work and you register yeah. register that piece of work, then if you hold that certificate, then you're not transferring that certificate until you've gotten paid. Because what happens is, is if they don't pay you, then if they start using that that intellectual property, it's really not theirs to use yet.
0: Exactly. And you can go after
3: them legally, correct? Correct. Gotcha. Potentially for infringement.
2: Perfect. Okay. Okay. And next you've got choice of law. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I was just going to say it.
3: Yeah, choice of law is kind of an interesting – it's always – it's usually – I shouldn't say always, but um, it's usually in sort of the boilerplate section of the contract down at the bottom when everybody's sort of glazed over. And um, (laughs) what it means is that – when this you smart, send somebody though. a, yeah, yeah when <laughs> you send somebody a contract, um, your it, if it's your contract, you're sort of in a position of, um, I don't want to say power, but if if you've drafted it, you know, most likely it's drafted more to your benefit than than to the person receiving it which is fine i mean that's under, mm-hmm. understandable um but you're going to want to put a choice of law section in there the choice of law section basically says that if someone were to file a suit or if you're if you file a suit that you're going to file it in the state and the county in which you live cuz that's convenient to you right
0: that's so smart and
3: yeah. um and then it forces them to have to come to you to litigate, okay. rather than you okay. going going to them. Sure.
0: Okay, that's interesting. I so, know. I am adding that I'm, so quickly. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I like it. Yep. Unless unless they live somewhere great, like I want, maybe going on like a little legal vacation. But <laughs> yeah, still Dude, a legal on.
0: hiatus. That, mine was mine was in Florida, <laughs> no. and I I was, and I it, the only way around it, I was even telling Angie the other day, is like I I have to go there and file it there. Because they do not do any business in California. So to take legal action, I would have had to go, go there and do it. Uh-huh. So when she mentioned this, I was like, wow, man, If we all got to put this in there. Because, hey, we're working very virtual now, right? We, right. I, yeah. 90% of my clients aren't in California. Right. So yeah. this is very smart. Let me ask
2: you a really quick question, Angie, that's, okay. that's not on the docket here. Okay. But um, I tend to shy away from ever doing business with someone in a different country because I don't know how to enforce a contract. Is there? Yeah. Is that just kind of not advisable for that reason? Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah, it's kind of tricky. <laughs> that part is tricky because yeah. uh, how do you enforce? And um, you know, <laughs> they're not coming here probably, so you may get a def- yeah. you may get a default judgment, but then you know they don't care because they like, they don't own property here or they're not coming over here. So right. um, the so only way the only yeah. way going after somebody that's out of the country really works. Um, to some degree, is if you're if it's some sort of intellectual property infringement, because we're um, we're members of all of these international treaties, um, and so that's a whole oh, different that's a whole different sort of more complex area that we can discuss maybe some yeah. other time. But yeah, but um, but that is one way mm. to go after folks if they infringe. Mm. Okay,
2: okay, interesting. Yeah, because whenever I get someone, I just like I I don't really do business with other countries just because. Not that I've ever taken legal action, but I don't. But I want you to think yeah. that I could, <laughs> right? Like that's kind of what, yeah, right. What keeps things on right. track? Having I think some sometimes. Leverage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what about not getting paid? That's a big one.
3: Yeah, that is a big
0: one.
3: <laughs> I'm, ta- um, I'm taking I'm taking notes on this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, so um, so you know, I'm a big proponent of getting paid up front, um. Uh-huh. And I know, you know, depending on what it is you're working with, <laughs> it may not always be feasible to get all fees up front. Um, and then there's some folks that I just, you know, I want to work with, so I want to figure out a way t- to, you know, make it so that we can all work together. You know, sure. Um, and I think that's on a case by case basis. I mean, you have your sort of set standard, but then you know, in this situation, you want to be you want to be able to be fluid if you if you need to be, you know, um, mm-hmm. not getting paid is, is tricky. Um, because, you know, you either, you either have to go after them or, or not, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. so, um, and sometimes I think most people
0: want to know how, how to sound, I, you know, can I resolve this without having to go legal? And right. it's like, I, I yeah. know, right. Or you
1: can what's like, the, what's well, the that, dollar sign uh, threshold right. at what point mm-hmm. is it worth?
3: Right, yeah, well, and you know I was reading an article about this uh uh earlier this week, and I mean, that's why you want to have that conflict resolution really like, okay, if we get to this point, then you owe me this amount, or you should have already paid me this this amount that way, so you're not you're not waiting for a hundred percent of whatever those fees are at the end, you know I mean that's yeah you're getting paid along the way so that you're being compensated as you go of course you know getting everything up front yeah. is always that's gold but like if you if you can't do that then create markers within that time frame that you're working like okay I get 20% of the work done then I get this amount I get if I get of the work done. I get this amount, you know, so that,
0: yeah, you're a little safer there.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Well then also, you know, you have some leverage because then if someone does do something and this is sort of what the article was saying, um, if someone does decide to just not pay or, you know, there's some, the contract goes sideways, then you can go to that person and say, um, okay, so obviously this isn't, this didn't work out, you know, um, and, According to the contract it says that you you do owe me this money and you've paid me this this amount um, but to to save the relationship, you know I am gonna keep this whatever this amount is so then the, then that you, you take away the argument that they can say like like counter and say like oh well you didn't do enough of the work or you didn't uh-huh. do it to my satisfaction or whatever you know you have okay, that yeah. document that says you know, I should have gotten this and this and this at this time. And if you got it, then you can leverage that to sort of save the relationship in some way. I mean, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes, you know, it may not be. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Okay. And I've heard like when you take someone to small claims court about something, what can happen is they'll just like the judge can even rule in your favor, but then they don't really enforce
3: them paying it, right? Right, right, right. It's like, I won. Right. (laughs) Nothing. Right, right. Right, so yeah, so
2: definitely get the get paid along the way, guys. Yeah. Get that get yeah. deposit, and then get progress payments along the way for sure.
3: Well, and I think too, as creatives, I think sometimes we don't we. It's like we don't want to be the aggressive, or we don't want you mm-hmm. know we don't want people to feel like we're being pushy or whatever that right. is, you know, right and. You know, you just got to get over that. Yeah. <laughs> you're in business. Yeah. You're in business maybe, maybe to not make a million, but maybe, you know, to to at least make a living, you know, and you can't make a living if you're not willing to say like, OK, yeah. my work, my worth, it, my work is worth something and I should get paid. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right. So now right. we're on to copyrights and trademarks section of our discussion. Yes. All
0: right. My favorite symbols on the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) mine too. (laughs) Mine too.
1: (laughs) So, how Um, would you how would you sum up just designers, you know, creatives referring to their own their
3: so called own you know work and claiming it? Right. So, I think you um, have to be. The word I use all the time is proactive. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to be proactive, and you have to be vigilant. Um, A lot of times, you know. Um, I, you know, visual designy creative people don't want to watermark stuff because it looks bad on their right the, qu- the quilt of their Instagram. I get it, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, and someone could still <laughs> someone can still can still take that, but but you've put them on notice that it belongs to you, you know. And so the the thing is, is you want to continue to be consistent and maintaining that your your ownership. That you're putting people on notice that it's your stuff, um, so that's the biggest thing you can do. Aside from that, is um, is to the extent that you can register your stuff, um, because if someone infringes and it's a big enough infringement, you can't actually go. As far as copyrights concerned, you can't go after them in federal court unless um, you uh, you have that certificate that says you own the copyrights. Okay. Oh
0: wow, okay. Yeah. But is and then trademark would be different?
3: Trademark works a little different. The two types of law yeah. are a little different, but um yeah, trademark does work differently. But um copyright, you cannot you can't you can't even get into court. That's how you get into court is because you you register whatever the work is with with the Copyright Office, which is in the Library of Congress, and that's what allows you to file a suit in federal court. And the penalty, wow. the reason you want to file in federal court is because the penalty um, for filing in federal court is $150,000 per infringement. Wow. So, like, you know, if – someone infringes. Ka-ching. Yeah. Yeah. We can, uh, your calculator won't do that math if it's, you know, you know, 25, yeah. 30 times, you know. So um, huh. when you think about, you know, I mean, surely with you guys, but then also with photographers and music, when there's all those downloads, yeah. um, it can add up very quickly. So
0: You know what's funny? I wow. think I was told a long time ago, and I believe this, that when you're sending even like concepts out to a client, let's say they've only paid a pr- like an upfront deposit, and if I put copyright Nick Longo at the bottom, 2019, that I'm covered. Yes. And if they use the, if they use this without my permission and they haven't fully paid, obviously there's a lot of levels there. But is that advised to should. at least put that?
3: Yes. Okay. Yeah, you should because what happens is is the copyrights when you, the minute it goes from your brain to whatever the tangible. Form is whether it's a piece of paper, whether it's you know um, the video, whatever the thing is that it's fixed in a tangible form of expression. Um, those rights vest, which is a, fa- okay. a fancy way of saying like you own it. So just because you haven't registered it doesn't mean you don't own it. It just means you can't you can't enforce it yet. But uh, but you can. If someone did what you're, you know, in your scenario, then all you'd have to do is file the copyrights for that piece. And then, um, and then okay. you'd have that certificate. Cha-ching. Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
0: All right. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Cool.
3: So, yeah. Um, and then th-
1: how would you recommend advising clientele, uh, about the co- correct path to trademarking? the artwork.
3: Right. So trademark is a little different. Trademark copyrights protect uh whatever the creative work is, the design, uh the pattern, um mm-hmm. tra- trademark protects the brand typically. Okay. Um I'm okay. I'm sort of I'm sort of simplifying it and there are certainly cases where there's some crossover, but for just general speaking purposes, copyrights protect whatever the art or whatever the you know, creative work is and trademark protects the brand. So it protects the company brand okay. um, and trademark hinges on use. So if you're not using it, you can't <laughs> claim, you can't really claim that someone's infringing it. Um, mm. So like you can't just have a mark and then just sit on it and not use it. You, um, okay. Oh, so
0: you have to show proof of use, correct? I guess, is the in, the, in the stream of okay. commerce,
3: yeah, yeah. So like that if, makes sense. Yeah, so like that's the whole reason. Yeah, so let's take—I mean, just take Nike for exa- for example. I mean, you know, their little swoosh. I mean, not that this would ever happen, but if they stopped using that swoosh, you know, um, for a continuous period of time, then someone could come along, and they weren't maintaining it the way that they're supposed to be maintaining mm-hmm. that that mark. Um, someone could come along and challenge it. Um hmm. and huh. and potentially have that mark canceled. Now that's not going to happen with Nike. That's an extreme. Ex- I mean, they're sure. they're they're policing it. They've got a whole legal team that's policing it. But oh yeah, with
0: counterfeiting and everything. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So, but um, but but that's how it works. If you're not using it, then um, then you put yourself at risk for having it canceled. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Is that why like Marvel has to make like a crappy movie like? They have the rights to a character that they have to like make a, a movie about every couple of years. Just like, have you heard of this? <laughs> oh, like, would they just still to hold the hold make time. like a time really low budget movie just to like keep the rights to it or something?
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, really wow. I mean, I mean that's that's conceivable. You know, I mean when you think of like, uh you know, video movie rights type stuff. um, I mean, like, take Disney. I, can, I don't know this for a fact. I've never searched their actual you know, portfolio of trademarks, but I mean, I guarantee you all of those princesses have their own, have their own marks, you know, because, oh, yeah. because they're merchandise yeah. Oh, yeah. too, you know, it's not just the movie, it's the merchandise that goes along with it. So, mm. um, yeah, it's,
0: that's probably why there's all these reboots. People are like, we need to hold on to the, to the property. Yeah. <laughs> we can't let it go into public domain. Yeah. Just yet. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. And I love this next one. Um what what about naming? Oftentimes we help our clients brainstorm proper you, you, you know con, con, it's still in conceptual phasing period mm-hmm. of a project. Yeah. And and how we assist with the naming component of a business or their their brand. How do we protect ourselves there? What are the what are the risks?
3: Yeah. So that's tricky. Um, Nick and I were talking about this earlier. Um, naming is tricky because, you know, um, you don't really know what's out there unless there's a search that's been done. Um, I typically Mm -hmm. do a trademark search for my clients and then that sort of feed gives them feedback on, you know, is this a good idea? Um, you know, are there 20 other, I don't know. Whatever you want, a, B, ABC companies yeah. out there, you know, um, in your especially in your class of goods. So it's not just the name that you have to be careful of. You also have to be careful of what class of goods it's in. So yeah, um, I've
1: heard people say, "Oh, as long as it's is it's not in your industry."
3: Yeah, that's actually not true. Um, I actually have a client right now um, who has been in business for twenty years, and <clears throat> they're in one they we filed in one class of goods and uh we have just we've gotten almost all the way to the end of the registration um n- the, the phase right before registration and um a n- fairly large you know company um i would say on an international level um is oppo- they haven't opposed the mark yet but they're looking at opposing the mark and wow um uh-huh you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think there are arguments on both sides, but had they protected the mark 20 years ago, you know, I, yeah, we might not be having this discussion, you know, about yeah, about Interesting. Them. Yeah, so. So
2: but, I shouldn't go after Starbucks design. As yeah, please <laughs> do. My company. Lord knows. Please the don't mermaid. do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> They're pretty vigilant, I think. Oh, so, oh yeah. yeah. I'm sure Yeah. They are. yeah. But I have, I have a business name that's kind it. of
2: I'll, like, my business name is kind of uh, out there, you know, in terms of it could be it's the deep end. So it's the deep end design, technically. So there's, I think, there's a lot of other companies, like probably pool companies and stuff like right, that, right? Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. that are called <laughs> the, the same. End. So right, pool and cleaning yeah. supplies. Well,
3: <laughs> and that talking about this example, I was just saying what you know, my client is in one class of goods. This company that is that is looking at possibly opposing the mark, they're in a completely other class of goods that
0: hmm,
3: you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't at first glance you have to in your brain in logic if I were to tell you what it was you know you would have to oh okay now I see the connection but it's not openly obvious so so yeah. um it's not just in that class of so goods wh- it can whose be
1: responsibility is it to say before I, we get started on the artwork please make sure this naming is is legit yeah, I would
3: love if Branders would do that.
0: <laughs> I do that for sure. Um, I think it's saving you time because you don't want to go through that whole thing and then have to redo it again.
3: Right. Well, and then the client, right. the client has spent money with you, and then okay, they spend money with you, and then they typically come to me next. You know, because they yeah. they want mm-hmm. the they want the concept to be protected, huh. um, and then they come to me, and then I say, oh, well. I don't know that this is going to be, you know, I don't I don't know this may not be a possibility. Okay, well, now they've yeah. spent money with me and then they spent money with you and and then in the meantime have perhaps become a little bit established. Which Exactly. Right. Could be. Right. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going right. to get into some rapid fire ones cuz these were some good little nuggets that we talked about and mm-hmm. we thought would be great here. You were saying hashtags are now almost on the verge of being copyrighted.
3: Trademark. Um, so Trademark. Uh, yeah. So um, hashtags are sort of a new area in the law that uh, that people are looking at. Um, hmm. You know, originally when they That's first crazy. started being used, um, they're used as a you know a search tool. And um, as people have you know come up with these clever little ways to um, to express things, you know. I mean everybody likes a good hashtag, right? Especially a really clever yeah. a really clever one that makes the point, you know. And um right. so yeah. now it's become almost like a branding tool or like like the new 21st century tagline, you know. So yeah. um it hasn't been I mean there's very little litigation on it right now. So that means that <laughs> That we'll find out, you know how well you can um, how well you can protect them. But um, it, interesting, the same the same laws that ap- apply to trademark um, apply to hashtags. So if you use a generic one like like hashtag designer, you're not going to be able to get yeah. that that protected. Or hashtag graphic designer, that's like everybody can claim that, right? But like yeah. just uh-huh.
0: do it that could be something that's right. one yeah, day Nike yeah. owns, yeah, right?
3: right. So then if they're using it and they're displaying it prominently as if as if they're using it to show their brand as a source identifier, then 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 the argument can be made sure that um that that's that's a potential trademark.
2: Whew. All, All right. Hope that never happens. Yeah. Now, what about what about <laughs> social media and usage usage rights for that? Like do we if you're doing social media for your clients, what's involved with that?
3: Yeah, so social media um couple of things uh you know if you're doing it for a client you want to make sure that you have a really solid um sort of um list of things that do's and don'ts that your client you know this is their this is the tone that they want you to use they wouldn't you wouldn't use these words or they wouldn't use these words um you also want to make sure that you're not posting um information that belongs to somebody else um yeah you want right. you want it you want it to be their content. Claim it as your own. Their, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, so many people, so many people will post somebody else's photo or somebody else's artwork and give, yeah. the, give the credit. There's a whole
1: app called Repost.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it, I think it's in It's it, It's like. Yeah. Consenting infringement. You know, it's like. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. um, well, and there are a ton of
1: creatives that that's all they do is that their account lives to
3: post the work of others, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, the fat Jewish got in trouble for that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The fat Jewish just, guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, technically, it's infringement. I mean, if you look at the letter of the law, what the law That's says, just crazy. it's, infri- it's just infringement. it's infringement. And um, and their following is massive. If this I'm feels sure. so backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the law has not been. The law has not even come close to catching up with this digital. Aspect of yeah. social social media, sure. but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I know of, I know of somebody who used a photo, and the photographer, the photographer, you know, stuff travels didn't through social it media it or... like ridiculous fast, you know, and yeah, 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 the photographer didn't approve it, and but somehow found out about it. And sent him a cease and desist, and claiming on that cease and desist, uh, cease and desist, that they that he was owed eight thousand dollars for the use of that photo. Oh my gosh! Which, in the grand scheme of money damages for copyright, is is not that much but i can Uh, i can promise you no i was gonna say hell that's good money i'm gonna look for anybody that's my shit i want my money yeah but they were freaking i mean the the one who posted it was freaking out you know um i bet so oh i I see
0: it every i see it every day especially on people shout them out on twitter people who are using and and even though even beyond that the ones who you know uh businesses like Zara and stuff were taking art right off of social media and putting it on shirts and selling it worldwide. Oh yeah. Like they got killed for that. So yeah. So you got to be protected as much as you can.
3: One thing that we do and we think that by doing this, that we're like getting permission is we'll take a picture, copy it, post it and then tag the person who who it belongs to. Well, now you've just tipped them off that you're infringing, you know? You basically said, Hey, yeah. I just took your photo and <laughs> Yeah. And it's yeah. not mine. But, it's yours. and or reiterated you that, that you, you, say you photo are photo <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> I right. know.
0: The camera the little camera icon. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. if I know there's like the like all the logo um uh collections on Instagram, they they will post, but people are submitting them to them. So when they post it, mm. there's no legal thing that went back and forth, but Obviously, they are reposting people's work over and over and over again. Yes, but for for the good of their business, I think most people want that. So it's so funny how this, yeah the shout out whole world of, it. of Instagram and tech and and <laughs> and social media is changing the game when it comes to legal.
3: Yeah, yeah. but you know yeah, what? It's, it's really easy. You can get a social media release. It's I mean, you could have drafted just a social media release if there's somebody's content that aligns with what you're doing and you want to you know. Use their content. It's so simple, just to say, "Hey, do you mind if I do this?" Maybe they'll say, sure. "Maybe they'll say no." Okay, well then maybe you need to go a different route instead of using. Yeah, their but stuff. at least you've asked. I get it. Right. Right.
2: Okay. I think okay. Next we got to go a little can, more rapid can, sorry, fire on these rapid yeah, fires. <laughs> can <laughs> a designer
1: be held liable uh-huh. for work done for clients in terms of our con- con- contribution? Uh, possibly.
3: It's a. It's it's a. Possibly, <laughs> um, <laughs> it depends on the contract. Number one, but number two, uh, if you know, say your client asks you to create something that is, you know, remarkably similar to somebody else's work, um, and you create. You it. You guys,
1: I had this this not long ago. Um, she she asked me to mimic. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: was yeah, something yeah. that she loved out there.
3: Right. Well, and you know, nope. it's there's a fine line between copying and, and being inspired by. You know, that's yeah. always the like twenty five million dollar question, right? Yeah, she wanted it to be straight yeah. up. Right. What? Right.
2: Oh, yeah. Copy. Well, that's no good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't like she just didn't have a contact to digitally cre- create it. It was just. It was absolute BS. Anyways. Yeah. Nick, go.
0: Infringement (laughs) on your art. Uh,
3: So, infringing on your art, um, that's if someone's infringing on your art. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I guess if someone, if you start to see someone is using yours. Right.
3: If someone's infringing on your art, well, then, you know, the best thing you can do is you need to contact them and um, let them know that it belongs to you. Um, Yes. Of course, there's a number of things that you can do before you get to the point of, um, litigation, uh, cease and desist is always an option. Um, but reaching out to that person first and just saying, you know, Hey, did you know (laughs) that you're using my art and do you mind? Sometimes they didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, stop. Um, but I mean, if that doesn't work, then of course a cease and desist is always an option. And then, um, if that doesn't work, if they're, if they're filing, if they're posting it on their website or if they're posting it on social media, um, then you can, um, file a DMCA takedown notice against them. Perfect. So a DMCA takedown notice is where if someone's posting your stuff on their website or on a platform like social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, you can't, if you can't get that person to take it down, then you can approach, for instance, Facebook or Instagram or Etsy or whatever that website hosting company is. And you can file a DMCA takedown notice, which means that that company, after you jump through, there's certain hoops that you have to jump through, some paperwork, but it's not a ton. Um, But once you've shown that that belongs to you, then that site, whatever it is, will take down that work because they don't want to be held contributorily liable. Because what happens is, is when someone gets sued, the attorney looks at, everybody on the playground and says okay who is at fault you know okay Mm, this guy mm -hmm. this guy definitely hit him with the ball but did this guy hold him down you know or did this guy (laughs) help him you know and so and then they're going to look and see who has who has the most marbles you know and if i mean amazon or or facebook or instagram or whoever has the most money then they're going to be joined in well they don't want that their risk is way i mean they have so much potential liability, so they're going to take it down. Gotcha. And then, like, so that's yep. a
0: great
2: notice.
3: Yeah, love. I've this. done this
2: before. So, yeah, good. I've, okay, I've had. I used to have like a bunch of people copy the copy on my site. Like oh, the, that's word, right. The text. You told me I had yeah. like 20 sites with the same copy, so I had to like the people that wouldn't respond to me. I had to do that. Yeah, so, sucks, yeah. but yeah. but um. All right, cool. So I the next question is about stock photography, specifically two things. So. What it what is involved if I were to use my stock photo subscription on a client's website for photos for the, are they allowed to be to be used there, and secondly, um, what happens if I um, have it on my own website and then I, you know, I, I stop the subscription, am I still able to use those photos at that point?
3: Do you, did you take the photos?
2: No, they're stock photos. Oh, so you are so so like f- yeah. Purchase to so pay for access. Oh I see. Yeah. I see. I
3: don't, yeah. Um it depends on what the licensing agreement says to be able to use them. Presumably if I mean if you didn't take the photos, then you don't actually own the rights to the photos, then you're then you're using them in some sort of licensed way. Whether it you've uh-huh. paid you've paid for it, you know, you've paid a flat fee or if you're paying an ongoing like a royalty fee, um, it just depends I guess. But um um it depends on what that contract says. I think.
2: Okay.
0: I guess your biggest biggest question is how does it transfer? Like if I buy fonts and then give them to a client as part of that job in the package, do they now have the rights to use that font or stock photography, even though we bought it as the, it's under our name in the contract?
3: Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay.
0: Should we get our clients to buy these things outright so there's just no legal issue?
3: I think that's cleaner. I mean, I'll be honest. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But these, you're right too, Wes, because these subscriptions Murky. are so popular now that, you know, you pay this yearly to have unlimited downloads of stuff, but let's say you stop. I think it's just worth reading the yeah, fine mm-hmm. print because they're probably all different.
3: Right.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And don't ever screw with Getty. No. Anybody, like, <laughs> yes. I've heard, I've heard stories. stories. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> just don't even use them. I wouldn't. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. So. Um, Mikkel, we've got the first listener Yeah, so now
1: we're on to listener questions, which is great. So we've got our first question from Zach, and he asks, where are good places to look for a solid contract that will hold up in the legal arena
3: but not scare
2: away?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about contracts, and, um, you know, I get why, you know, people don't want to scare people off, but, you know, you also don't want – the contract's only as good as what's written on it so and and it's only as good as what you're willing to enforce so if you're if you're not willing to do either one of those, then I mean you could have a thirty page document that says nothing you know if you're not willing to enforce it, or you could have a a two page document if you're willing to enforce those terms and they're decently written then then you're in good shape you know um. Uh-huh. Um of course, like I said, there's tons of places, you know, there's um there are plenty of online platforms where you can purchase um contracts. Um, but I wouldn't do that unless you had an attorney review it. So okay. there's
0: still that part we gotta keep in there.
3: Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: Cool. All right, so from our listener, Michelle, she says, I know the basic reasons and the benefits for officially filing for an LLC as far as protecting your personal assets from your business and vice versa, but when do you suggest it is truly necessary to do that? I mean – I think we touched on this, but like – yeah, you know.
3: I mean, I think you know. It's like one of my friends says, um, you know, proceed as if you intend to go on. You know, I mean, if you're legit going to be a business, True. then like be a business just, and just do it. And if you're going to put yourself out there, then you're putting yourself at risk. So why would you ever put yourself at risk and not minimize it by 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 incorporating? Because it's not that; Perfect. it's just not that expensive. And if the financial is what's holding you back, then then especially when it comes to like LLCs, they're not that expensive. So it's just not that big of a. I
0: gotcha. deal. you. Yeah. gotcha. So hashtag just do
2: it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh-oh. I'm getting sued now. <laughs> I know.
0: It's yeah. just...
2: Let's uh, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be a businessman. All right. Um, so from listener Travis, he says, how do I approach handling a client regarding a finished design provided to them that was then used and modified to create various other versions without me being involved.
3: Okay. Mm. okay, That's a great question. And um, so my answer hinges on does, did they transfer the rights to that work? Cause if they transferred the rights to that work, they don't own it anymore. If they didn't transfer ah. the rights to that work, and we're talking about copyright. If they didn't transfer the rights to that work, then you still own the exclusive rights and any derivative works that are created from that, you have the right to determine what that's gonna be until you give up those rights to the to the work.
2: Got it. So does that have Can to be you... done in a formal way?
3: Uh usually like Um, usually it's contractually, it's written into a contract. Um, you know, it may not be written into the uh, initial client agreement, but it's really simple. I mean, if you have like a copyright assignment, it's just like a one pager saying I Hmm. assign all rights and, and assign everything to, you know, dot, dot, dot company or whoever. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Okay.
0: What, I know some people will do this. They'll say like, it was intended to be a T-shirt design, and yes, they've sold it right out and everything, but then they took it and applied it to a poster or whatever. Does that – does the application of it mean anything?
3: Hmm. It, it goes back to who owns it. Who owns it? Yeah, there you go. Um, okay. So, yeah, it goes back to that. And, you know so – in, in That makes sense. Going back to the to who owns it in the exclusive rights – I mean, you could reserve certain rights. Like if you create something and then you want to assign the rights, but you want to reserve the right to be able to use that, whatever that is on your website for promotional purposes, you've given away all the rights otherwise, except for being able to show like, Hey, I did this work. This is part of my portfolio or for Perfect. marketing pieces. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: Nice. Perfect. Our last one, Mikel. go for it.
1: From, um, Listener named um, Israel, what should I include in non-compete agreements, or there or other ways to be sure someone you hired to help build your business won't run off with your ideas? And that's yeah. also inc- could include, of course, the content you've paid them,
3: right? You have paid them for,
1: right?
2: It sounds very specific, Israel. What happened. I know. <laughs> so so
3: so non-compete. Um, contracts, uh, <laughs> have two pieces to them typically. Um, and they are, they have to be reasonable. That's the standard. They have to be reasonable in time and geographic space. So like you can't, um, you can't limit somebody from walking off with your stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like oh, in, infinite infinity, you know, no court's going to uphold that. Um, <sighs> or or your I'm talking about your ideas. I'm not talking about your copyright stuff. If they walk off with that and you haven't assigned it, then that's a whole different thing. But what I'm talking about is you, okay. you know, your like your confidential information or if they're walking off, you know, trying to set up shop and they worked for you, then you could have them sign a non-compete while they're working for you that would potentially keep them from setting up right next door, you know. Um but but the main two things is it has to be reasonable in time and I've seen six months. I've seen 12 months. Um, some contracts I've seen a couple years being upheld. Um, you know, the longer it gets, the less reasonable it seems. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And then in geographic space, you know, I've seen contracts where it's, you know, zip code, like a zip code protection kind of thing. Um, I've seen, um, where, you know, it's a certain mile radius, like maybe it's 50 mile, yeah. hundred mile radius. Um, it becomes mm-hmm. a little tricky because a lot of our stuff is so virtual and we're on, our presence mm-hmm. is so much more online rather than brick and mortar. And so it's a little harder to, um, so then it goes back to looking at the time, you know, that you're saying, Hey, you can't hop on there and it can't be super long because what court's going to uphold? You can't get on the internet and start a business, you know? Yeah. Um, no. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. And this wow, feels a little we, uh, like
2: less important these days with all the every, every all information is just out there now. Yeah. Like, I can know. you can find yeah. anything you want so what are we really holding on to so closely in terms of like that information. Yeah. So You're right. You're right. Yeah. But all anyway, right. woo, well, yeah, got through it all. That's <laughs> <It doesn't laughs> right? Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I
0: know. I know. I think we're going to be helping a lot of people, even just giving uh, them stuff I that they weren't so. even thinking about you know, which is great. So where can our listeners uh, check you out? uh, If you want to give that email, uh, that uh, website out again, uh, feel free to do it.
3: Yeah, actually, um, I have a landing page that has everything that I'm involved in. Um, It's com, And if you go there, uh, you can click through the little tabs and you can, Find my law practice. You can find my other businesses and some of the other things that I'm involved in, like mastermind groups, that sort of thing. So, okay,
2: fantastic. Nice. We'll link to that in the show notes for cool. sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on with us, Angie. This has this been this was really really great. As
1: much as it's intimate, it's intimidating. I will admit that it's super useful. Yeah, thank you so much for and necessary. Yeah. It ain't
2: sexy, to- but it's necessary. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'd love to have you on again to dive deeper into something. Like I feel sure. like there's so many topics here that. Yeah. Deserve a little bit more, you know, other yeah. than the intro, like, a, like yeah. an hour <laughs> length discussion. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll be in touch about that sure. for sure.
3: Awesome, I would love to.
2: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's
3: great. That's good thinking. Hey, this is my mantra: If it's worth creating, it's worth protecting. Ooh, <laughs> nice. that's, a good one. That, that's my hashtag. I agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. Strong. <Nice. laughs> Very strong. hashtag strong. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, cool. We're not going to do any better than that. So thanks again, Angie, for coming on with us. (laughs) And with that in mind, keep designing and catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast.